Jason Geary. Dave Morris, my man, my man, my man. How are you? Come on down to the In Conversation podcast. I don't know where. All right, hang on. Let me just hop down. Here we go. In the car. And oh, I'm here. You're the next contestant on Target Mount Improv. How are you, Jason? I'm very well, a little tired from actually doing shows, and I know that the majority of people can't, so I'm not going to talk about it too much, but yeah, it's been good. I'm still living through you on these. Every time I see you yeah. doing shows, I'm like, oh, that's I can't wait to see what the world Yeah, just on the flip side of the comedy festival. So three weeks of intense kind of times and uh, and uh, performing a couple of shows a day, and it was great and uh, all the things you want it to be. But also yeah, it's, going it's from funny. doing nothing to three shows in three weeks was just stupid. <laughs> it's funny because from my perspective, in North America, Australia is tomorrow. Like it's it's yeah. the whole it's in tomorrow. And then as far as like COVID goes, you're also in tomorrow. You're in like yeah. this is what the other side sort of looks like. So I, I guess yeah. it's like it's it's, it's, a, it's a the metaphor just yeah. knocks me down. Yeah, it's yeah. Uh, and it's, our and our guests today are somewhere in the middle. They're like yeah, maybe right. Not is it right in the middle? No, not quite right in the middle. Not quite. A little closer yeah. to me, maybe. Yeah. Uh, from uh, Barcelona. Barcelona, Spain. And it is pronounced Barcelona. Yes, as we found out in the podcast, but that's okay. Warnings to all. Um, uh, Barcelona is, uh, I've been there for the Big F uh, Festival, uh, which is where I met these wonderful improvisers. In fact, I'd met Ala uh, about six months prior, oh no, a couple of weeks prior, actually, uh, in Würzburg in Germany. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and then uh, she took one of my workshops and uh, and then I went to uh, the Big F Festival and met both of these wonderful improvisers there, got to workshop with them, perform with them. Uh, and uh, it's so great to have them on the show. Again, they're up really early in the morning as Dave is up late at night right now. Uh, yeah. So uh, please enjoy our conversation with Kiva Murphy and Alagolp. Hello and welcome to In Conversation with Dave Morris and Jason Geary. Oh, 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 it's like a radio introduction. How are you going, Wolfman? Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> I, I look like a Wolfman right now. I'm just here. You do anyway, look like a Wolfman and it's late at night. So you can be guests. like late at night with the Wolfman and the Half Awake Australian. And there's two Half Awake Australians here uh, on the podcast today. Please welcome to the podcast, Ella Gold. And also Kiva Murphy, our friends from Bath. Barcelona. Hello, Hello, how are you? Hi. <laughs> Thank you. Good morning. Yeah. yeah, good morning to you in Barcelona. Yes. Uh, although neither of you are originally from Barcelona, right? No. And oh, I'm going to do the horrible thing that we always do, which is correct people that it's actually Barcelona because Barcelona. it's pronounced in a Catalan accent, not ah. a Spanish accent. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So okay. I'll take that on the chin. Being not clever about it. And that's, <laughs> that's the right one. <laughs> yeah, but people also have so much joy when they say the th, th, Barcelona. They just have that little kind of secretly pleased with themselves face. That's why I, I blame... looked at you and went, should we tell them? <laughs> always sell us. Always <laughs> sell us. That's the always tell us. I'm always happy to hear it. <laughs> but how do you? But you're not originally from Barcelona. No. So no imagine learning that the hard way too. You learned that the hard way too. I'm from hey, Australia, which is where Jason's from. Yes, this is yeah. a, a a wonderful story. As I met Ella traveling the world, uh, doing improv things, uh, and went, "Wow, an Australian! Wow, where are you from?" And she said, "From your very city." And I was like, "What? How do I know an amazing improviser who's from my city, who uh, 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 who's escaped and 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 is out in the world?" And she was, ne- uh, I'm so old. She was never really improvising back in Australia. Well, you started yeah. improvising abroad, right? <laughs> Exactly. I, this is my uh, 10 year anniversary in Spain, actually. Wow. Um, birthday to me. And yeah, people are always like, oh, you're from Melbourne. Do you know this improviser? Do you know this improviser? Do you know this improviser? And because I left when I was 22 before I um, started doing any improv stuff, I don't know any improvisers yeah. in Melbourne, uh, except from those I've met uh, abroad. So um i yeah I, i'm curious and a little scared to kind of like dip into the australian improv scene and see what it's all about because uh, i imagine it's a bit more 
culturally specific and like you know with Australian references and a bit more like the home <laughs> flavor so I would love to dip into that one day well you're always welcome you know that <laughs> you're always welcome back Kiva yeah. you're not from Barcelona either you're no I'm Irish oh. so I grew up in Dublin my mom is French but I grew up in in Ireland oh. so I definitely feel more Irish than French and sounded yeah. <laughs> definitely sound more Irish <laughs> than French we <laughs> oui. Oui, oui. Oui. Oui, oui. Uh, what's really cool though is that so with our team here in Barcelona we just got uh, some new cast members and one of them is Belgian and so occasionally we'll just do a, a scene in French that no one else understands but it's nice. so fun it's so fun for the two of us because we never get to perform in that language uh, <laughs> so it's just this little like secret scene in the middle of everything else in English yeah sometimes I try and do that here in Canada but uh, it turns out that no one here really speaks French well enough. So none of us can do it. And it just all kind of falls apart. <laughs> we try, though. We try. It, uh, well, that's, you know, that's half the battle. Yeah. I'm on the West Coast of Canada. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that's the non-French side? Is that's that the non-French yeah. side, yes, for yeah. those following. Geography. As far away from Quebec as you can think of. Exactly. Exactly. So you both moved to Barcelona at some point and started working with Big. Yeah, yeah. I, I moved, like, my background is really more in, in theatre, in musical theatre. Um, I studied theatre studies at university. And when I moved here, I was pretty much in Spanish-speaking circles for the first six months to a year. And eventually I was kind of like, oh, I'm, I wonder if there's kind of an English-speaking theatre scene here, if there's anything I could do. And I found um, an amateur theatre company who was doing a musical, so I did that with them. And at the musical, all these people came up to me and were like, who are you? What are you doing here? How long have you been here? Are you going to stay here? Do you want to join my project? What's this? And I discovered what is the the giant uh, and very welcoming and well-connected um, English-speaking theatre scene in Barcelona. And one of those people or some of those people were, were kind of like kicking around this improv idea. Uh, and they were like, come and do improv, come and do improv. And I, of course, thought, no, I am a real actress. <laughs> I don't do that stuff. Uh, yes. I had done actually theatre sports at high school and absolutely loved it, but um, I'd kind of forgotten all about that. And, of course, as everyone's story is, I ended up joining them for a couple of, you know, Sunday afternoon jam sessions and went, oh, holy crap, <laughs> this is what I want to do now uh, and have barely picked up a script since. <laughs> I was wondering if you did theatre sports in high school because I've been doing theatre sports here in Melbourne for 30 years and was probably a part of the company who came in to demonstrate theatre sports for you oh. or, or, <laughs> or at least from the company who would have sent uh, people out to your school to judge or, or teach you things and stuff like that. So yeah. I was like, I wonder if I, I'll paths cross like way uh, I would have remembered earlier. that it was it was kind of like an in-house thing they just like, okay, the drama cool, teachers. Cool. I don't think they really knew what they were doing um but I remember kind of loving it so yeah uh, yeah I'm gonna go with Jason's around. story I'm gonna imagine that at some point in your origins <laughs> there was like a path crossing moment where it yeah. could have met but you just missed each just, other like I'm gonna imagine. Just steered me just just planted the seed that steered me on my way yeah you're like fuck no I'd never want to do improvisation in Australia <laughs> Akiva, what brought you to Barcelona? Uh, so my background is from a clown background yes. uh, rather than a theatre one. So I'd been clowning in Ireland. I lived in England. I'd been in Paris. So I'd been kind of clown and physical theatre and making shows. That was kind of my world. And I didn't quite have the same thing as Ella. But for me, the improvisers were nerds. Which I then still accepted still that are. I'm they also still a mean nerd. were. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're just one of us now. We haven't changed. <laughs> I just, now I've just I, assimilated it or either realized that I'm also a nerd. Yeah, we're uh, still the same. So You're like, the one who's changed. <laughs> I, ah, shit. <laughs> and he literally drops. Um so I'd always done like improv through clowning because that's mm -hmm. where, you know, how you would mm -hmm. devise your shows and how you would make things. And then also, yeah, like I never did improv in Ireland. Not really like bits and pieces, but never like joined a team or it was like really involved. 
and then took getting to Barcelona and then meeting all the same people that Ella's talking about mm-hmm. and then going, oh, they're, they're really nice and supportive and this is really fun and I'm good at it. Oh, I could teach it. Oh, I could just perform. And then, yeah, my whole life kind of now revolves around it. How does clowning affect the way that you you like approach improvising? Like, there's is there a like? Could you identify like a different kind of brain or thought process, like a, approaching an offer? Like, do you see it for its comedic potential or clowning potential or its playfulness or something like that? Because I imagine that that clown improv mind is a little bit different to like your normal analytical improv mind or am I talking shit (laughs) no I think you're I think you're totally right I think it's something that I still haven't massively explored because they're Mm -hmm. still kind of separate like I've taught a a clown improv course a couple of times and so I'm trying to kind of link it but when I'm on stage performing I the kind of separate parts of my brain um but I think if I really go Ella's smiling because she thinks the opposite (laughs) no I I was gonna say I think I do know how it bleeds in and it's not that you're a clown all the time but I think you're quite a naughty improviser Ah, like you always have a little spark in your eye there's always a little bit of like here I come I'm gonna mess (laughs) you up like uh there's you have a cheekiness to your improv and you've always got like a little sparkle in your eye that I kind of associate with clown of like What's she gonna do? What's she gonna do? Do you do that thing? The thing where you like where you look at the audience? What's that called? You know, like the pause. Yeah, I do do. I definitely do do that that. all the time. Yeah, I do. I do like to break the fourth wall and be like, (laughs) I'm about to do something. Wait, look at the audience. Yeah, yeah, I do. do (laughs) Okay, I'm gonna take back everything I just said. I'm going all the time, and I don't know how not to be. What's that moment called? Was that moment? There's a name for that moment, isn't there? When you when you turn to the other like yeah. registering sometimes Maybe. or Maybe clocking it. clocking is that the word you're looking for sure yeah we'll go with that we'll go with <laughs> yeah. most people call it oh oh you changed <laughs> it. uh yeah clocking is what i would normally call it yeah yeah that's what i call it too clocking sure yeah. <laughs> sometimes it gets into my improv too i don't know nice <laughs> and what, but, what? but ellie you came from theater too right you're like a you, you wanted to be straight theater like you're an actor. Yeah. Well, did, um, did that affect I, the way you approached improv. Like once you, I think I never the... leaned, I never leaned really hard into acting in that, you know, I didn't want to be an actor. I, I got to that point where I had to decide and I ended up studying a bachelor of arts. Um, and I think it's because what I loved about theater was actually the productions was making the thing was bonding with people was the fun that you were having backstage. And Mm -hmm. I was more drawn to musical theater because I just find those shows so fun to be in. Um, But when it came down to the serious stuff, I was kind of like, Oh, I'm not really enjoying this as much. So I think I kind of didn't see um, comedy and that kind of production as a path to take if I was going to be an actor. So um yeah, when I found improv, I was kind of like, oh, I can just do the fun stuff uh, without all <laughs> the serious stuff. <laughs> um, and that's what I love about it. But definitely, I think my improv is informed by that musical theatre, um, kind of like the, the presentational elements of it. I think I'm quite large in everything I do. <laughs> Some would say unsubtle. <laughs> And that the irony is that um, unsubtle. <laughs> the irony Deliberately is that, unsubtle. Yes. Self-aware unsubtle. <laughs> Big choices. The irony is that we we often enter like improvisation through comedy and then start to try to go, well, we can do serious stuff as well, or we can get some pathos into the work that we're doing right. as well and, and try to find that that balance. So the draw is there as well to to get to that kind of more serious stuff, even if it is unsubtle. <laughs> yeah. No, I've love- never had a, I've never had um, uh, a problem to get to that serious stuff. I'm kind of yeah, like, oh, yeah. that's already there. That's there by default. Uh, yeah. Now let's like go as fast as we can and see what else is there. <laughs> I just love picturing that Ella's doing this like, amazing monologue sort of high energy beautiful character monologue and then Kiva's like sneaking in <laughs> just constantly looking uh, at the audience oh, like, oh, yeah. clocking it are you out clocking me gonna bring something strange and absurd <laughs> yeah. see what happens yeah we used, to call oh, lovely. That, we used to call that a monkey wrench is that a made-up term i don't know if that's a real term a monkey wrench where you you intentionally it, throw something into the scene that doesn't work 
In Ireland, uh, we call it throwing a throwing a spanner in the works. Throwing a spanner yeah. in the works. Yeah, there, yeah, yeah, one of those. I yeah. think a monkey so, wrench is the same thing, right? It's that. Yeah, yeah. But we used to do an improv like game where one person would be the monkey wrench, and so every throughout the entire scene, one person's just intentionally trying. They just come in and try and ruin everything. Yeah, yeah. And the other yeah, improvisers have trying. to fix it. You know, one of the. I don't know. That's yeah. Fun. Yeah, that's good. what I pictured. That's what I pictured. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> not what I want to do. Now. <laughs> I had a lovely moment of Zoom kismet there when uh, Dave was talking about you sneaking into Alice's uh, scene that you both looked at each other. You looked left and you looked right. <laughs> On the scene, it looked like you were oh, about we went to like sneak. It. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was very nice, just for me. But it was lovely. <laughs> let's, can, uh, let's continue describing the visuals for the people at home. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good podcast content. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it great. Doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> only a visual gags. That's what I'm going to do from now on. Yeah, <laughs> only visual gags. None of them are visual gags. Right, right now, Kiva is creeping across the screen. No, that's not happening. Right <laughs> totally, so, totally. So what what uh, exciting work. Uh, I mean, we've been living in uh, pandemic times. I know that uh, there in Barcelona, you've been... Um, uh, you've been performing a little bit um, uh, as well in, in front of audience and things like that. What kind of work have you been doing? You've just been trying to creep back out of the hole and 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 land with stuff that you've been doing or are you coming out into some new ideas or, or new shapes of things or how are things looking for you over there? Yeah, we our team had a bit of a hibernation because when the lockdown happened, we just weren't that enthused to be rehearsing online. So mm -hmm. Um, and then we also had a bit of a shift with people moving away because of uh, coronavirus. And in January, we added four new cast members. Exciting. So, yeah. Super, Whoa. super exciting. Uh, as anyone will know, like fresh uh, blood on the on the team is just like, you know, j complete joy and yeah. mixes everyone up and has everyone on their toes, which is amazing. Um, but I think our first show, Kiva, was in February. So uh, yeah, we, just the three of us before the yeah, new guys joined. Yeah, we've been performing to fifty percent capacity audiences with okay. masks, so it's very different. It's very tentative for now, um, but our main focus is kind of like integrating the new team members and seeing what they want to do as well, and like what right. the new skill share is, and like what people are good at, and things like that. So cool. we're still kind of like in the honeymoon. Uh, dating Faye. We're dating yeah. each other right now. First date, yeah. yeah. The first day. Like, so do you like movies? What do you like? Uh, like trying to find each yeah. other. Yeah. That's cool. But it's That's a really nice there's... feeling because it's really that feeling of of going back to basics and just being like, okay, so what is this? Who is this? Who are you? Who am I when I'm with you? And what if we add that third person? And so it's just really fun. Uh, and I think the audience as well has been so chomping at the bit for so many months that there was just no culture nothing going on uh and i have some friends for example who will come to see a show of ours but they're still a bit too apprehensive to go to the cinema because in the cinema everybody's eating and so everyone's <laughs> taking off their mask eating popcorn you know leaving their mask off probably um whereas in the theater it's quite strict because you know distance between chairs and all this kind of thing so it's slightly safer um, we won't so try and make sense of the regulations here. Yeah. There, they're not to it's explain them to someone who's not here. It's uh, it's not exactly completely sensical, but we are lucky that we can be doing something, and we rehearse with masks on and all of this kind of thing. So we're just like doing whatever we can to do a little bit with what the rules permit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we've we've uh, been very lucky here in Melbourne and Australia as a whole in terms of uh, numbers and stuff like that. So I've just come out of a comedy festival here, which yeah. started at eighty percent capacity. I, I still can't believe. That. Yeah, I, I just, saw. And, I was I'm like, it all. yeah. It and, sounds like uh, you're from another planet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it feels like another planet at the moment, particularly when you see you know the horrible things that are happening in India or somewhere like that. Oh, it's nice. um, yeah. yeah, and so it's uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. I was doing a couple of shows a day, and uh, and and uh, as you mentioned, Ella, people were so chomping at the bit for anything for something that we show we sold out uh, three different shows, uh, um, doing two shows a day, uh, three different things I was involved in sold out before they opened here at the Comedy Festival, which is not normally the case. And I think some of it was people just wanting to know that where they were going, had tickets and all that kind of stuff and kind of wanting to organise a little bit um, given the circumstances. 
But yeah, it was unbelievable to just rock up at the start of the season and go, we don't have to go flyering or not, although flyering was banned <laughs> this year. Yeah. Uh, you can do it. You can yes. literally hold. Yes. You can Thank literally you hold. I know. It was the best thing. <laughs> the most you could do was hold up a QR code at a distance from people and go, scan this, please. And then look at our information on your phone. Oh, that was the, that was the flow. More environmentally friendly. Really. I know, right? Yeah. It's, <laughs> uh, it's great. But across the board here, and we didn't have a lot of international guests, obviously. Obviously, but across the board here, people were were selling out before things opened, which was really yes. quite amazing. Luxury. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. So yeah, it was a good good time. But also going from nothing to a couple of shows a day was exhausting. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And we too, when we got in a room together for the first time, we were like, "What even is improv? Do we even know yeah. how to do it anymore?" And uh, then, to our delight, it you know it was there. And yeah. Um, maybe even fresher in some sense. You know, I think yeah. improv yeah. is one of those rare uh, sports where you can go away and come back with new muscles because you've unknowingly undone some stuff that you were practicing mm-hmm. or, you know, mm-hmm. like there's there's something there in the in the freshness of it, in the newness. Yeah, I think it's important to take a step away from improv every once in a while mm-hmm. or at least Absolutely. be working on other things. I find, I find uh, improvisers, I see they get stuck in this like improv world too much. So you just start improvising like about improv for improvisers. And it's just like everything. Yeah. Like as if everyone completely understands every, you know, subtlety of a sweep or a herald or like what, like, and you forget that it's like, Oh wait, no, it's a show. And I got to make sure I'm communicating. And like you, you lose all those other, the, that sort of normal person brain (laughs) and Mm. you turn into like improv brain only. Uh, and I feel like you lose something there. It's, it's nice to take a breath and take a step back or work on something else, like work on a solo show that has nothing to do with improv and then yeah. come back. But and on the on the flip side of that, I did a job last week where I was supposed to be a mother who was uh, basically had bought these books online for my child and was going to give a testimonial like, oh, these books are amazing. They're so great. You can change the name and blah, blah, blah. And so they gave me like a couple of pages of PDF about these different books And then they just said, you know, let's just do a test. And I did it. And I talked for, I don't know, four or five minutes about these books because I'm an improviser and that's just the (laughs) easiest thing in the world. You've given me a tiny little bit of a, of an idea. I've got the book. I can just riff off this. And I, I went for five minutes and then kind of looked at the director behind the camera, like, do you want me to keep going? And they just sent and they all just did like a slow motion clap. (laughs) And it was this really weird moment. And I was like, uh, is everything okay? And they were like, "How did you do that?" <laughs> and it, I think you forget when you're Magic. in improvisers in improvisers world that you can just be given a word and you can go for two hours. Yeah, because yeah. that's what we do, and it's a skill that we practice, and it's a muscle that we've already trained. They uh, wanted two sentences. You wrote their whole campaign for them in that yeah, five minutes. Yeah. Like, Why do we hire a writer? Give her another book. Here we go. <laughs> Just talk about this book. This book's about maths. Go. I had kind of the opposite thing the other day because I I agree that like when you go to an audition or a casting, like improv is like sets you up and you just can be so confident that like whatever they throw at me, I can do it. But I was actually on set for a series the other day and Ooh. I had to say a script uh, into the barrel of the camera, yeah. straight down the lens with, you know, 60 people standing around looking at me. And I was like, I thought that improv had killed my nerves. I thought that improv had, you know, put me in any situation would be fine. But what I've learned is now that when you give me a script, I freak the hell out. <laughs> yeah, I'm very much the same, particularly with those to camera pieces. I did that. I was Ooh. on a, a series of ads here for five years and it just, it all, it was always right down the barrel of the camera. And I was like, it was just the worst. Like I would all constantly be anxious about things. And yeah. Which is so is. funny. Cause if you said that to like a member of the public, them seeing what you do on the daily, which is like make it up from nothing, yeah. which for most people is the most frightening thing that you could possibly do. It's like, well, yeah. how can you get scared doing a script? It's like, well, because there's an expectation wow. because it's a fixed result that they want. And, you know. When you're yeah. making it up, there's no wrong answer. When, when it's exactly. a script, there's a clear wrong answer. You said, yeah. Yeah. Jason, do not say that many swear words. And it's a <laughs> campaign for, right? You can't just make it up. You have to, you have to sort of stick with the script. 
but, it, but it, the, uh, uh, the irony of, of that particular campaign was I got the gig because I'd improvised like everything. They'd, they'd always cut back at the end of the ads and I'd improvise something and it would mm-hmm. get a big laugh and they'd include those in the ads. So I, I, I'm pretty sure my improv skill got me the thing, but then I had to get through all the all the insurance stuff to, to do a funny line at the end to give them yeah. five options of something. And so, yeah, it's uh, it's like, okay, get the figures right, get the numbers right, get everything right, and now let's improvise some gags. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my I, problem uh, with scripts was always that I would, anytime I, still when I look at scripts, I'm like, someone like worked on this for a really long time and this <laughs> is the final product and there's still parts of it that aren't very good. And like, you know, like <laughs> Like, you know, let, let's fix this then. If we're going to keep fixing it, let's fix it till it's perfect. Uh, that's that's my problem with scripts is I get too much into like, uh, if we're Not if we're writing it down, it better be perfect. Otherwise, <laughs> why aren't we just making it up? What's the, like, <laughs> I could make up a script this good. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. That's why, you- why I've never written anything or why anything I've ever written, I've thrown away <laughs> because it's so final and the finality of it is just so intimidating because Mm -hmm. putting it out there is saying like, I had all the time and this is the best I could do. Whereas (laughs) improv is always like, I had 20 seconds and I'm pretty happy with what I came up with. (laughs) And no one's ever going to see it again. (laughs) (laughs) Can you, uh, can you guys hear all those seagulls by the way? I heard one before. Yeah. Uh, so those those two seagulls have nested on the roof just across from here. Again, a visual nice. gag. Perfect. So glad I pointed. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and the, and they had some seagull babies yesterday. Oh. And then there was there was literally a seagull christening where all these other seagulls came to see the babies. Oh my god! <laughs> so now I don't know how many seagulls there are over there, but they have like three or four little babies. And then yesterday, all these like three wise men seagulls came. Do you want to check this? They're tiny little boxes of things, or just like a, a, a happy birthday, like little sign <laughs> little that's mini flags. across the list. I think you were implying that it's the seagull Christ, were you? <laughs> I kind of was. <laughs> I think it's just because it's so fluffy, and there's so many other seagulls who are like coming to visit, and then they uh. leave again. So um, cute. Do you want to hear a yeah. sad bird story real quick? Real quick, sad bird story. Uh, sure. Well, <laughs> after that cute Not one. really. <laughs> Everyone's face is like, really no time. <laughs> we, we have this, this I, so I have a five-year-old. I have a five-year-old, which means we have a ceramic pot outside our front door that is filled with sticks always, just like sticks that we find and we bring home and we sort fight with You don't them. need to explain. We, yeah. we understand. We got, a, we got a stick <laughs> pot, a stick pot. Yeah. And uh, stick pot. in the stick pot, we one day... My wife looked in and saw that there was a bird's nest in this stick pot. Like somehow a bird had come and made a nest with three little perfect eggs. Like they're these tiny, oh. beautiful, perfect. It was amazing. And we were like, oh, look at the little, oh my gosh, Milo, come look. Oh, look, there's a little bird. And we were so happy about it. But then we rearranged the patio furniture on the front of the house and moved the pot to a different spot. And then the next morning I went out and found a dead bird laying oh. on the ground. And when I looked at the nest, it had been ravaged by some wild animal. Oh and no! So my wife is still upset about it. She's taking yeah. it on as like as like the pain that she, it's her fault because she moved the pot. And I still am. St- I'm saying no. It's not your fault. It's the bird's fault for building a nest in a pot on the ground instead of a tree. It's if it was in a tree, it would be fine. It's not your fault. But you so made still... a tree in a pot, so you tricked that bird. Yeah, so it's actually our son Milo's fault for, for <laughs> building this this perfect trap Shift for the a bird. Blame. Yeah. Yeah. Shift the blame. That's what we do. Shift it around. I hope that he's aware. It's of the that. cycle of it's the cycle of life. I mean that those birds perish, yeah. but we also have bird Jesus, seagull Jesus. So it's fine. <laughs> like, seagull Jesus. This is actually I, I brought that up because it's Easter. It's bird Easter. Is what it's ah, bird, Easter. bird Easter. From well, right yeah, now it's Greek. Come. It's Greek Easter right now. They have it a oh, week yes. later. Two weeks later. What? Yeah. Wow. I uh, I have I have coronavirus at the moment. Oh, yeah. You do? I don't recommend. I do. Oh, I'm, are you doing okay? Uh, you sound like okay. you, you look last great. Week. I know last you look amazing. So great. Yeah. No, oh now, gosh, I'm, I'm now I'm okay, but last week was not fun. Oh, no. um, and my my friend, the reason I mentioned it not to get the oh no, but bring on the sympathy, uh, <laughs> was because my my friend Electra, who's Greek, came over with uh, like a care pack 
with uh, some like homemade food and like uh, face creams and, and some toys and a kinder egg and different things. And she was like, this is a special Greek Easter cake. Uh, so it was like this chocolate brioche thing that was amazing. Uh, yeah. So yeah, I learned all about Greek Easter. I, uh, do, they I call come it, from... do they call it Greaster? No. Get they Greek shouldn't. Easter. They shouldn't. That would be a bad joke. That would be a bad joke. I'm glad they don't. Ugh. This just suburb checking. I used to live in. Just checking in no Melbourne. one made that joke. <laughs> yeah, just making no sure one, no one would ever no make that. No joke. one's made that joke. <laughs> the <laughs> suburb I used to live in in Melbourne uh, was like the centre of Greek culture in in Melbourne. This is a little bit out of uh, out of Melbourne, and so the local shopping centre just had the best kebabs in the world, and also the best pastries and cakes and stuff like that. I still go down there once in a while just just to get all those delicious things. But I was very very Greek. Greek food spoiled for a while there. It was absolutely lovely. They just know pastries. Come on. Mm-hmm. Come on, Greeks. Mm-hmm. It's now's the best time to go because they got these Easter cakes. Oh uh, yeah. yeah. Totally yeah. recommend it. <laughs> I'll send you some pictures next time I'm there. <laughs> so back to improv for a second. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have to go back to improv. We can talk about Greek Easter forever, I guess. Uh, but I've what's come the, to the end of my knowledge? Obviously. So you, you've been you've been you've been working with all these new people, which is always so lovely and fun. But like, like what what's the thing in improv right now that's really keeping you in improv? You know, like there's always that like that there's always like there's something that's driving you to stick with improv. Like, what's the new project or the new show or the new thing you're working towards in improv? I guess right now everything's new for us because we're like just back to it after such a break. Um, but we do, we, for years we've been searching for an improv pianist because every time that we, that someone visits for our international festival or every time we happen to have a pianist out of good luck, we just have had the best time in the past. And um, an amazing improv pianist named Joanna Kuartschik uh, who's Polish, but she just moved here from New York. Uh, we met and she played a couple shows with us and we went, holy crap, a musical wow. genius just fell into our lap. Um, and everyone on the team was pretty buzzed about it. So I think the next kind of big thing that we're going to break off is uh, giving that a shot, giving a whole big musical thing a shot. So right now we're all still kind of acclimatizing, as Kiva mentioned, we're working on some like basic skills and basic language stuff between us. So we like have the the structure to work together. But I think the next uh, big thing that we're going to going to attempt is that which i am extremely excited about i can imagine <laughs> yes mm-hmm. but ed also has an incredible voice and we'll just like whip it out like it's like oh here we go. here's an idea here's an incredible voice and i'll just make up a song on the spot and then Whereas Kiva, the rest Kiva of us comes the... sneaking in behind her <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'll go for it but i know i haven't got an amazing voice uh, I don't know if you know Ella, but Martin has already started taking voice classes, like private one-on-one voice classes. Amazing! Oh, he's Which, to of course, Martin is very conscientious. Um, and, no, but, I should have said. I think everyone is excited slash terrified, which yeah. I think is a cool place to be because um, yeah. everyone was like, "I definitely want to do it. I am really afraid, but I definitely want to." And I think when you've been doing improv. For this long and I should say like a lot of the new members we've added they've been doing improv for a long time mm. um you can get comfortable you know and I think my favorite thing about musical improv is like it takes super advanced improvisers back to being beginners and they like they're like doubting their choices and kind of like oh should I hesitating and I think it's cool because it gives you an opportunity to like work on those foundational things as well yeah it's neat it does that it, it kind of goes both ways like it's, it can take experienced improvisers and like put them back to being nervous but then it can also take newer improvisers who happen to be good at singing yeah. And suddenly they're like, oh, this is something I can do. And it gives them this moment to to feel comfortable. I, I love, yeah, I love, I love music and how it does that to people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I yeah. also love when you say to an improvised pianist, a pianist improvised pianist. You know, I, I like saying it because it's the correct terminology, but everyone always does a little smirk. And every now and then someone's like, wait, what did you just say? <laughs> an improvised pianist. Um, pianist. An improvised pianist. 
penis. I tried uh, to separate it out. Possible. I tried to make it pianist, but even then, maybe it's not. <laughs> when you're working with an, uh, a pianist, I'm and you sit, and I, I love like you meet someone they've never played an improv show before. They're an amazing piano player, but they've never done an improv show. And you say something like, you know, just play something kind of like somber or whatever, like a do 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 do. And then they go oh, like this, and then they play the most beautifully <laughs> sad. Thing. And you're like, that was amazing. <laughs> you're and just like, crying. oh, I don't know. I was just, I was just doing, make it happy now. And they're like, and you're like, whoa. And it just blows you away. It like, changes everything. It yeah. really elevates. And the, the piano player's like, this is just, I don't know. This is nothing. It's like, that's amazing. You don't understand. You're like, yeah, I love it. There's yeah. uh, a, a, a piano, a pianist uh, that we've all uh, come across generally uh, in our travels, uh, which is Sasha Hodemaker. And uh, when I was in uh, Barcelona for the festival last time, uh, mm-hmm. first and last time I was there, I was staying with him. Like we were uh, in an apartment together. Uh, so we had some lovely nights just sharing um, sharing YouTube videos together, but he'd tinkle away on things and you'd just be like, oh, now uh, I recommend anyone listening to this podcast and all of you, he's got his own stuff up on Spotify now. Uh, he's yeah. been releasing singles and they're all absolutely beautiful. Uh, but yeah, look him up on there and he's a wonderful improvised piano player as well. Uh, Dave, you would have met him in um, Amsterdam. I'm pretty sure, maybe. Yeah. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, he was uh, he was doing all the music for the festival when I was there in Barcelona. And yeah, he's yeah. absolutely uh, stunning. He's amazing. Uh, yeah. yeah, piano player. So yeah, just a heads up to you guys and to anyone else listening that if you want to support an amazing uh, improvised piano player who's recorded some of his own work, um, check him out on the. I know he's on Spotify. I assume he's on all the other streaming things as well. Um, but yeah, we'll pop a link in the in the show notes of the podcast. Brand <laughs> uh, so professional show notes. I, I know show notes, guys. just a little, you know, just a little thing. Cool. We'll pop links. We'll we'll ask you what you want to link to, and we'll pop links to your stuff in the show notes as well. And now, a word. <laughs> quick, Kiva, get some links. <laughs> <laughs> and now, a word from our sponsors. Crest. Crest. Is that a is that toothpaste sponsor? Christ toothpaste. Christ, Christ toothpaste. Christ. Single <laughs> yeah. Christ. Yeah. Uh, Do singles have teeth? No, just beaks. I don't know. How does that I work? I think the Barcelona ones do. There's a <laughs> seagulls in Australia are kind of like annoying, but like kind of, you know, harmless. Uh, yeah. But in Barcelona, they're massive and they are yes. carnivorous and they mm-hmm. attack pigeons and wow. you're From a true a Barcelonan yeah. when you've witnessed uh the live kind of discovery channel moment of a seagull tearing apart a live pigeon in the street oh gosh <laughs> Dave's it's horrified. not all sunshine wow. here guys it's a dangerous place yeah Australian I mean, seagulls expect- are very much like Australians they're like ah, oh, can't get a chip yeah get a chip would you? Also, Just like there are real yeah, dangerous that's... animals there, so there's they're not even going to try. Whereas here, nah. probably the seagull is the most dangerous thing we've got. <laughs> <laughs> probably, wow. probably causes the most havoc. I would expect that from crows, but not seagulls. Crows yeah. are vicious. They hate me. They hate my. They, my hair is so. It looks like an enemy crow, I think. And when I walk <laughs> down certain streets in Victoria, I get dive bombed by crows. And I've uh, had to I've had to like pull my jacket jacket up and God. run away from crows before. They hate me. We have I the same I, thing with in uh, in Victoria, Australia, right, Jason, with magpies. Yeah, magpies. Crazy. In their breeding season when the like babies are young, they get really yep. defensive and I remember, same. like, in the springtime, we would, like, walk to school with an umbrella just in case one would <laughs> swoop yeah. down. Same, same here. Same here. Yeah. Except Crazy. I throw rocks at the crows to provoke them now. I'm like, bring <laughs> it on. Bring it on. That's it. I would never. I don't feel like we have bird problems in Ireland that are even on a patch with you guys. <laughs> I never went to school with an umbrella. We have, like, robins that occasionally, like, hop around the garden. That's the cutest problem. That's like little, 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 little cute robins. robins just hopping around the garden. Yeah. I was. Uh, it's a, a lovely. Oh. oh, sorry. I was. It's a lovely autumn day here today, and I spent the afternoon in the park. And there was a little bird who just came and sat on the table next to me for ages. It was lovely. Yeah. Keep going. Question. Sorry. No question. <laughs> I mean, it's a ridiculous question, so don't worry. Um, I'll give you uh, a very you guys, serious you... answer. 
<laughs> Good. Do you guys salute your magpies? Salute them. Like, get away. These, <laughs> these faces, these faces tell me it's a no. So in <laughs> Ireland, Ireland is a very superstitious place. And you have to, if you see a magpie, you have to salute it like a, like a sergeant and salute yeah. it and go, uh, hello, Mr. Magpie. How is your wife? Maybe, Maybe that's, that's why you're not getting dive bombed. I know. We <laughs> We're just disrespecting trick. our magpies. You don't, seriously, it's like, this is a proper thing in Ireland. If you don't do it, somebody will nudge you and say like, say the, say the thing about the magpies. Hello, Australian Mr. Magpie. How is your wife? How is your wife? I'm yeah. going to start doing that. I was I was walking yesterday and uh, I was walking down a, a, a path through a park and there was a magpie dead in the middle of the path, like standing there. And I was like, I'm just going to keep walking. It just looked at me. It wasn't going to move at all. And eventually I got quite close to it and it like took two steps out of the way. But the whole time it was just like looking at me one eye, like I could fuck you up if I want to. I'm going to let you go right now, but I should have saluted it. Hey, Miss yeah, Beckley, you have to salute and ask. I don't uh, know. It's very misogynistic, but you have to ask about their wives. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but sure. so are all magpies male and heteronormative? Like, what <laughs> if there's a female magpie? Like, in Ireland. Very Catholic, of course. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. They're all men and heteronormative. Yes. <laughs> and don't let and their wives And if it's a female house. magpie, don't say anything. Don't just yeah. say, just say... <laughs> Your husband is hoping you're okay. Your, your husband, husband is his regards. About your health. Yeah. Wife How are magpie? you, Mrs. Magpie? Yeah. We have so many superstitions in Ireland that I don't even realize are weird until I talk to someone else in another country and go, oh, you guys, you don't do that? Oh, okay. You just walk past a magpie without saluting? Wow. I should say a lot of our rehearsal time is just this. <laughs> right now we have Talking what Brits. do we have we have a brit we have irish we have two australians for the first time ever nice. uh and two, two americans, americans and, and belgian um so a lot of our time is like now when you said this or like don't you have that or whatever <laughs> what did um, you mean by that <laughs> but for me it's super weird because since i joined the team it's always been mainly like uh british and american players on it and now uh, Leanne Shellshear has joined the team and she'll just throw in an Australian reference. And I think she's doing it just for me because I go, there's no way known anyone here <laughs> knows that friggin' Blinky Bill reference or like you're talking about <laughs> yeah. Nutrigrain. What are you talking about, woman? Uh, but it's just this surreal moment when my past reality just drops on me like a ton of bricks and we just kind of like connect and have a giggle and everyone else is going, what are you talking about? It's I remember when I... When I played a really rough Australian character in a show in Würzburg, Ella, you were the only person who got 90% of the jokes. <laughs> I felt like it was a private show. For me. And the rest of the theatre, I was like, don't worry, guys, this is, this is great. And everyone else was just laughing at you. Laughing at Jason, like it was a trans, you, know, you were interpreting it for them. He'd say I something, think it was, you'd it was laugh, and they go, Must have been and... funny, must have been funny. <laughs> yeah. Like a little, no, delay. it was such a great show and such a great character, and it was endearing to everyone. But I got a secret special, yeah, all the nuances. <laughs> yeah. Felt very, very lucky to see. Uh, I uh, love that. I, I try and do that every time I'm on stage. That's what I'm like. I, I, I call it keeping the audience in my head with me, where I try and keep as many audience members in my head. So that when I'm on stage, I can do things for particular audience members. Aww, like I know, absolutely. like, like if I know Jason's there, I'm going to say something that I think Jason will like, and then I'll <laughs> hear him go, oh, I'm like, it's worked. Uh, and like, <laughs> I, so that's what, that's what Jason was doing. He did a show just for you. That's really sweet. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a great fun character. It was a really fun show, that one. It was, uh, what was it? Uh, the awkward dinner party. So um, it was with, uh, oh, Gosh, everyone's name has escaped me, so I will stop talking about so it. So Dave, Ella, Kiva, that's cool. <laughs> um, yeah. And so, yeah, it was it was a very very fun show. It was a long form, uh, and yeah, I just got to be a really rough Australian character who turned up to a dinner party, but no one else had. So it was just myself and the hosts, and yeah, it was a great great show. <laughs> <laughs> do you um, so so now that you have all these different people from different places? Do you bring that into the scenes as uh, like, do you make the scenes about the little differences between like what you no. or do you, or do you bring up things, you know, that they'll understand to like make the scene more personal? I think to them we're so um, 
we're so used to a world living in a world where everyone's from a different place that it's not a thing for us. So yeah, sometimes we'll go to a festival and it'll be like, oh, everyone speaks a different language. But, you know, to give an example, when Kiva and I teach a class, there's 12 people in it. They're usually from 12 different countries. And Mm -hmm. um, so we don't tend to stick on the differences or find that much comedy in the differences. We're usually kind of like playing in this amalgamation space that's like, uh, kind of a neutral area and I think we've all let go a lot of our own countryness of our own kind of nationalistic uh, uh, humor or references and things like that because after after you've been here as long as we have it's kind of like they don't they don't work or serve for anything because mm. no one's getting it so we kind of meet more in the middle zone I would say mm. yeah no, I would agree with that Kiva. it's like how I, I act meaner when I'm in the USA like okay. when I go to the States, I act a little less nice because I don't want people to notice that I'm Canadian. That's <laughs> that's strange. Yeah, it's, it's strange. strange. But if I say sorry for anything in the States, I'm like, oh, sorry about that. They go, oh, Canadian. <laughs> I, was like, I was just saying, I bumped into the guy. But yeah, you, just have to, you just have to not apologize and just be rude. <laughs> I think here it's because it's everyone's first conversation because everyone, I mean, it's such an expat country, uh, city mm-hmm. in particular. Uh, Barcelona, it's not a country. Not yet. Um, Anyway, it's different. Trying hard. They are trying. Um, But I feel that like every time you meet a new person, it's always like, okay, where are you from? How long have you been here? Like every first date, it's also the same. So in improv, it's like, let's just not do that. Mm -hmm. It's kind of just an unspoken thing of like, let's talk about what joins us rather than like, oh, you say sorry and I say sorry. (laughs) Okay. Uh, but let what what happens if we move on from that? Because that's just the we norm. used to go around and say, you know, who are you and where are you from in a class, for example. And yeah. but you just get people being like, oh, well, my mother's French, uh, my father's Moroccan, but I grew up in Poland. But I spent most of my time yeah. in Australia, and I also lived for ten years in the states. So, like, what do you want from me? You know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're like, okay, <laughs> you're right. Like, it doesn't nice define me. So yeah. why should I make it define you? Sure. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And when you're uh, when you're working forward now, like with your new troupe going towards uh, musical things, each of you, what what are the little things that you're excited uh, to to bubble up about your own uh, your own journey, your own craft, where where you're at now? You've had this kind of soft reset. You're going over the basic skills, uh, but what's the thing? What's the the flag on top of the mountain at the moment? Yeah, what's the flag on top of the mountain? Oh. Where are you going? What do you what do you want to get at? Good metaphor. What was the flag? Like you mean top? personally or with with personally? Personally. Oh, uh, pers- personally, yeah. I I would through the team, the Kiva. <laughs> through the team. What do you what do you want? All about you. Um, I would love to do a, a monocene show. Mm. I would love to just uh just see what that's like because I've done lots of stuff in duos like outside of improv as well um and I would really like the idea of making of making a mono scene with various characters and using that kind of clownness um to make a to make a solo show wow that's something I haven't done I've done a solo theater show but I've never done a, a fully improvised solo show you'll be great at it you're gonna be great at it I sure I like that we've never met but you're like yep no, you should have chats to Jason. He's very good about pushing like, people into doing solo shows and pushing them through the process. Like, like you've done a solo theater show, a solo improvised show. It's, psh, no problem. It's, you're going to love it. You're going to have so much fun. Dave does a lot of solo uh, shows and stuff like that as well. So yeah, um, it's the best. It's the best. You're going to love it. You're going to be like, oh, my scene partner knows everything I'm thinking. This is amazing. And you're going to be like, this is this is exactly the story that I wanted to tell. Wow. This is ex- it went exactly where I was hoping it was going to go. Like, just it's like just looking so over fun. your shoulder, like, no one's going to interrupt me. No, no one's yeah. going to hijack this. OK, cool. I'll just keep going. And then going, if you're man. like, oh, this isn't working. Oh, I can make it work. Watch it. It's so great. I'll just it's do just this. So fun. It's I so like fun. to think that there's a little shadow Kiva sneaking up on actual Kiva yeah. like, with a clown nose on. <laughs> you get to do that. You get to just mess with yourself a little. It's so fun. It's the most fun. Like I remember I, I used to, I still do. Like I'm doing a scene and I say like a setup of a line. And then by the time I get to the other character, I've like 
thrown out what I was thinking and I just say something totally different to like throw <laughs> myself off. And I'm like, oh no, what am I going to do? It's just so fun. It's so fun. You're going to love it. It's perfect. It's perfect. You. You're going to have so much fun. I'm next so week. Good next week. Guys. You're ready. To okay. What's your plan? Play all the parts. Your... It's gonna, you're going to love it. It'll be exhausting, but it'll be so fun. Ella, how about you? Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess mine without having specific, well, I already said that I'm, I'm mad about musical Musicals, stuff. So yeah. I'm really excited about singing, singing some more, singing all the time. Um, and yeah, excited to see what kind of improviser I can be with this new group of people because, you, you know, you get set in your roles uh, mm-hmm. with a set group that's worked together for a really long time. So I'm super excited to see who else I can be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would love for us to develop some of our own formats because for quite a while we've been doing, you know, some classic things with our own spin on them or um, we, we still do quite a bit of short form because a lot of the time we're still initiating our audience into improv. We have like a really nice following, but they they just love it, you know. And the other day we had the conversation again of like, oh, we're still doing short form, but you just get out there and you talk to the audience and they just friggin' love it. So um, we'll keep doing that. But I would love us to, yeah, develop something perhaps genre-based, um, which everyone seems to be quite, uh, quite keen on, uh, that really fits like the new seven personalities that we're working with now and, and to kind of get comfy in something that fits just right. I have a question because I'm intrigued by uh, the the phrase "who uh, the new improviser the uh, 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 the new you that you can be with this new group." Who yeah. have you been? Oh, oh, whoa, um, whoa! Yeah, that was so deep. You blew my head. That was so deep, man. <laughs> Hit it, Ella. Um, I don't know who I've been. I guess what I would. What I would like to do more of is um, be be surprised and be um, be kind of, I guess, played with a bit more. Let's no, that doesn't sound right. Um, I think because we've come from a place of like stability, where everyone knows you get to that point of knowing each other where it's kind of like, I almost know what you're going to say now. And there's something great about that. There's something like so fun about being like, I'm on stage with this person. So I know if I feed them this, it's going to go this way. And they're doing exactly what I see. And there's like great confidence in that. But I think I'm looking forward to getting back to a bit of a beginner mentality and a bit of um, that almost nervousness, you know, Mm -hmm. of like, holy shit, what's going to happen. I want to be on my, toes and and be almost a little bit like um uh, not afraid but yeah like less secure I guess less kind yeah. of like I got this and a little bit more like holy shit what's gonna happen next yeah it's the so, difference between yeah. the Ella who was on her heels and chilled with stuff and like you say the Ella who's on her toes and ready to go like it's a small shift of weight but it's 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 such a different mindset to be in with it. That's great. Thank you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I think there's like there's a certain amount of deference because Ella, you've been doing it so long and you teach all over the all over the world that mm-hmm. there's a certain amount of like this is like this is Ella, you know? And so people maybe won't mess with you as much. And there is this kind of like you're a bit more in charge. And so there's kind of the new people, because I'm also new yeah. uh, to the team. So I came, I kind of joined, I don't know, like just before the pandemic, basically. I can't remember exactly when. Two, two years but, ago, uh, I mean, almost, yeah. Maybe it was two years ago by now, yeah. yeah. Um, and so there's a bit, of, a bit of that kind of status hierarchy kind of thing. So I think, yeah, when, when all the seven of us are all equally in charge, are all directing shows, are all pro- um, proposing ideas and going like, mm-hmm. oh, I've got this idea for a format, let's just go for it. And we're all on an even keel. Then we can throw the rug from underneath each other. Yeah, and And we're really working towards it now because, yeah, you're you're right, Kiva. When when one person's in charge of the group and is teaching everyone else, then that person's never going to get get played with and get. Yeah, exactly. So (laughs) we're really we work on we rotate directors each month, so we're all changing who's leading rehearsal. And right now, um, we're working on on that, on messing it up and on, on kind of like the, the joy and on letting everyone bring what they've, what they're bringing, because we also don't want people to just, um, uh, to come to where we are. We want them to bring what they've got, (laughs) which is why we, you know, cast them in the first place. Cool. 
That's what's wonderful. That what's that saying about taking yourself out of your regular routine is when you find out who you are. And that the, yeah. That's sort of what that's sort of where you're at. You're like out of your regular routine now. So now you get to find out who you are in improv. Exactly. Where it goes. Yeah. yeah. I guess everyone's kind of out of their routine right now. Uh, yeah. Oh, Rona. We're finding oh. out who we are. But why do we embrace it though? You know what I mean? Like, I think, I, I think that it's very easy. I think the bulk of things that, that make me anxious at the moment is how keen everyone is to get back to just how it was. Uh-huh. And I'm like, yeah. well, and it won't. it's yeah. And it's like it, one, it won't. And two, like how it was, wasn't great. Can't we use yeah. this little break <laughs> to kind of actually change it a little bit rather than just rushing straight back to what it was. It would be like um, if a, if a caterpillar like went through all this work to get into a cocoon and then just came back out of it as a caterpillar again, you <laughs> like, what the fuck is wrong with you? This is your moment. Come on. You have a chance to be a butterfly here. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's kind of go for, go for it. I was going to say Kiva did a great job at uh, getting us two new theater spaces too. So we've really upgraded where we're performing as well hey. and moving to a bigger stage that may or may not have a smoke machine, um, <laughs> may or may not feature heavily in many scenes. Um, but <laughs> I have, I have we two- have a foggy place, please. Can we have a foggy place for this scene to take place? <laughs> I currently have two smoke machines in my story. Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. Huge, so you huge. know the joy that someone turns that and baby yet, on. It's like, yes. Still, my my lighting designer is like, we're renting a we're renting a hazer for this show and still oh, wants oh. a hazer and we have fog machines so that everything. Yeah, it's great. She's the best. Yes. It, so it definitely improves the improv. There's no doubt about it. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, even the fact that we're on a bigger better stage now with better sound and better lights and stuff is already you know you just become a better improviser you just do better work your full game well congratulations that sounds awesome very exciting yeah yeah that's a positive stuff yay well we're coming to the end of the podcast and we always ask one particular question of our guests to round out the podcast dave i got it yeah (laughs) yeah uh uh, the, here you are. I don't think you're even ready for this question, are you? You're not even ready. I don't think you're ready for this question. <laughs> I don't think you're ready for the, you do have a wonderful singing voice. Okay. Um, yeah, I know. It's it's so annoying. <laughs> it's so annoying. Uh, <laughs> so uh, if you could give everyone in the world one skill that improvisers possess, like it becomes like a universal thing. Everyone can now do this one thing that improvisers can do. What's the thing that you would like to give everyone in the world? Like magic wand, snap your fingers, ask a genie. Everyone gets mm-hmm. this improv skill. What's the skill and why? Why? Why that skill? Uh, yeah, I think mine would be, uh, I'm going to say one now and then probably in 20 minutes after we've hung up, I'm going to like, <laughs> the first one, I'm going to, I'm going to honor the first one that came into my head, which was embracing being silly. Mm-hmm. I think people are silly when they're kids. And then when they grow up in adults, they're like, oh, I fell over. Oh God, what a disaster. Instead of like, oh, did everyone see I fell over? <laughs> how stupid is that? How brilliant is that? And just embracing that failure and that silliness uh, and just allowing yourself to go for it. And I think when we're teaching foundation classes or even classes later on who've been doing improv for a while, they're like, oh, I just don't want to be, I don't want to be laughed at or I don't want to be ridiculed or make a fool of myself. And it's like when someone gets to the stage where they embrace that and enjoy it and go, oh, I get to be silly and how brilliant that I get to just do the first thing that came into my head and just maybe it'll mess up, maybe it won't, but I'm just going to enjoy that. I think that's such a refreshing feeling. And I, I can't imagine not having that feeling. Uh, so I think we're very lucky that we have that's, that. Uh, that's totally the clown part of you coming into this. Uh, yeah. You're yeah, I think when you do snap your fingers and everyone gets that um, skill, they also just get a nose, a clown nose. <laughs> uh, like every improviser in the world just has a clown nose on. Then they, also have a, they also have a teacher walking around behind them with a big stick to hit them if they do something wrong. <laughs> right. Only if you have a pot of sticks at your front door. Oh. <laughs> she brought it back. I would give everyone the skill of reincorporation. That is the skill that I think all people need more of. 
I love that uh, halfway through your beautiful answer there, Kiva, Seagull Jesus piped up a little bit and just <laughs> made, made themselves. Seagull Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> ah, eat of this pigeon and think of him as me. No. Uh, <laughs> <of> this pigeon. <laughs> it's the Barcelona. Barcelona Seagull, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I could, I would bestow everyone with fearlessness because I think uh, that's where everyone's problem behavior comes from really mm. and lately I've kind of been looking at especially teaching students through that lens because you can see um someone who's like you know really holding back uh and is feeling nervous about putting something out there and then you see this other player who's completely dominating and being like overly verbal and not letting the other person have a go and like they're both suffering from that same thing so I feel like uh, just getting rid of fear, um, similar to what Kiva said, I guess, it just allows people to be the players that they are and like say what's in their hearts and and put it, leave it all on the stage, I guess. Um, wow. And not have those moments later where you're like, oh, I should have said that. I should have done that. Uh, yeah. That's beautiful. Like that so beautiful. Like my gift to the world would be that we stop yeah. being afraid of each other. Everyone, let's yeah. just love each other. It's so nice. Yeah. That's you know, such lovely answers from and... both of you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for getting up so early for us in the morning to have this conversation. Yeah. We appreciate it greatly. It's been absolutely wonderful. Our our hearts are full. <laughs> uh, Thanks for like... getting us up. <laughs> it yeah. was well worth staying up late for. That's right. Yes. <laughs> Next time we'll do it where you pull the all-nighter and then I'll meet you yeah. in the morning. Yeah, we'll do the festival <laughs> we'll drinking shots version. Of whiskey. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And Jason, you too. So you have to like stay up all night until Yeah, until 4 p.m. in the afternoon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Yeah. No problem. Okay. No problem. Okay. <laughs> we don't have lives. <laughs> nah. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. Dave, you have a thing? No, I was just like was wondering, a- like, who's gonna say the fun line that we can end on? I'll do that. This is the fun line we can end on. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Ella. Thank you, Kima. (laughs) And we'll talk to you again sometime. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Jason.